0: So, kind of switching gears here just a bit, um, the next point that he, Ibn al mentions is uh, that the remembrance of Allah It is the section is called the purpose of religious practice, of all religious practice. So he says, all religious practice prescribes the remembrance of Allah and to achieve this remembrance is its goal. Again, all religious practice ascribes prescribes the remembrance of Allah and to uh, achieve this remembrance is its goal. Meaning that as believers, we have their expectations in terms of deeds that we're going to perform, right? Because there's more than belief, there's amanu and amir al as- salihat there's righteous deeds that we perform and there's also belief in Allah. Um, but all of these practices that we participate in and partake of, they all require, they're all, it's, it's expected that these are going to be performed with the remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, so that's what this is going to cover a little bit so he starts off by saying that Allah Ta'ala says and establish regular prayer for my remembrance wa aqim as-salata right? Surah, what surah is that? aqim as-salata li-dhikri inna sa'ata akadu, surah taaha, good um, so Let's see, I don't know if, if anyone knows a little bit of grammar, right? So break it down. So, what what, what does it mean, is I'm sorry? Yeah, continue your Salah for Dhikri, right? For my remembrance. For whose remembrance? Or for, for, what do you mean? So that you remember Allah in your Salah? Or what do you mean by that? So aqim is what? It's the فعل, it's an amr, right? As-salata uh, is, what is that grammatically? Of bihi, aqim as-salata li-dhikri. Lam is going to be a حرف jar right? Dhikri, mudaf, mudaf-ilay. Ya-dhamir is a mudaf right? Ya-dhamir, what is it? Who is a ya-dhamir? li dhikri, my remembrance. What's that ya-dhamir referring to? Who's my, remember, my remembrance? What is that referring to? Allah's remembrance. What is that? What do you mean by Allah's remembrance? Our remembrance of Allah or Allah's remembrance of us? So it's very interesting, this discussion, because when Allah Ta'ala says, li The scholars have a, a different interpretation of what is meant by "lidikri," And it's very powerful when you reflect upon it. So he says, Allah Ta'ala says, And establish regular prayer for my remembrance. My remembrance, meaning dhikri, is said to have an active sense Meaning, in order that I, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, might remember you thereby Establish prayer, why? So that Allah ta'ala can remember you Right? I mean, we think about it as the opposite Like, read Qur'an so you can remember Allah Praise praise Allah so that you can remember Allah But Allah ta'ala is saying that establish the prayer and do it regularly So that my remembrance of you can occur Right. So this is the first interpretation. Um, does that make sense? Right? We think about it as the opposite, but Allah but this interpretation is saying that no, this dhikri, the yadamir is referring to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in order for him to remember us, right, and to, to keep us in mind, so to speak, establish salah because the consequence of that is that Allah Ta'ala will remember you. Right? Fathkuruni Athkurkum. Remember me, I will remember you. So if you remember Allah Ta'ala in Salah, then absolutely you will be remembered by Allah Ta'ala in return. And that's a big deal, right? That The fathkuruni we covered this last time, so you can catch up, inshaAllah. Um, uh, that you may remember me thereby, with the letter lam uh, is uh, in both cases expressing purpose. Okay, so then he says... Um, Okay, sorry. So, uh, in order that I, Allah Ta'ala, might remember you thereby. It is also said, the other opinion, is to refer to the one remembered, that you might remember me thereby. This is the understanding that probably most of us have. Um, with the letter lam in both cases, expressing purpose. So that I can remember Allah, and so that Allah Ta'ala can remember me. And, and it is beautiful, because how, how, this, how you can reconcile all of this. Um, Go into, when the servant remembers Allah Ta'ala, Allah's remembrance of him has preceded his remembrance of Allah. Again, when the servant remembers his Allah, Allah Ta'ala's remembrance of him has preceded his remembrance of Allah. Look, remember, we talked about this in the last retreat, that in order for you to be able to remember Allah, where does that inclination come from? It comes from Allah Himself, meaning that in order for you to remember Allah, the requirement is that Allah Ta'ala actually has to remember you. Meaning no dhikr is performed unless Allah Ta'ala is first remembering you or encouraging you or, in, or creating this inclination within you because tawfiqi illa billah, that there's no tawfiq except from Allah. Right? We talked about this yesterday. So you can reconcile all of this. Let me keep reading. Um, for when Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala remembers His servant, it inspires the servant to remember Him. Therefore, both meanings are correct. Right? So, aqim salata li dhikri, Allah Ta'ala says that establish prayer for my remembrance. Right? If it's for the remembrance of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa ta'ala to remember us, okay, that makes sense. You pray more, the more you pray, the more Allah will remember you. If it's the opposite, aqim salata li dhikri, the established prayer so that you can remember Allah Ta'ala more. Well, That initial inclination came from Allah to begin with. Right, So, does that make sense? Or you want me to explain that again? Does it make sense? Okay. Um, uh, and so this is very powerful. So, in general, when we're talking about our acts of worship with Allah, uh, the fir- one thing to note is that anytime we engage in some act of worship, it is because Allah Ta'ala actually first remembered us. And that's a big deal, right? I mean, we don't take it lightly. Just to, for instance, take the fact that we're all here right now, right, at this present time. I mean, the inclination to come into this gathering, it came from Allah. Whether we, ha- we may have had three or four different motivations But ultimately it was Allah that remembered us Weak servants who have spent the last 11 months You know, uh, perpetually sinning And despite all of this Allah Ta'ala chose to remember us And put us into a gathering where he can then be remembered That's a big deal That's a big deal I mean, the, that, people, most of us are not Most of the community is not, is not blessed with this At least, you know So the fact that Allah Ta'ala is remembering us That's a big deal and then you can take this further and this applies to really all forms of worship if allah if you start reciting the quran let's say some of some of the brothers they woke up and they started reciting the quran after they woke up where did that come from right allah taala had remembered you in order for you to be able to remember him right the fact that we're going to that we uh, that we you know prayed dhuhr yesterday right the fact that we prayed dhuhr i mean where did that come from you know there are people who are going weeks and weeks and weeks and just neglecting their prayer Right? You can say it's their own fault, fine A little bit of laziness or a little bit of uh, disregard for Allah But ultimately, what does it mean? It means that Allah Ta'ala has chosen to forget about those people Right? And, and that can apply to us as well Like If we have a streak of time where we're you know, neglecting our prayers And neglecting the recitation of Qur'an And neglecting the masjid that's a, that's a sign that Allah Ta'ala is choosing to not keep us in mind And if Allah forgets us, we're done Right, So uh, so begin to think about acts of worship in this way Whenever Allah has given you the tawfiq to do something Think, Alhamdulillah Allah, you remembered me That's why I'm picking up the Quran off the shelf right now Ya Allah, you remembered me That's why I can sit down and engage in five minutes of dhikr Ya Allah, because you're remembering me I'm driving to the masjid for salah right now Ya Allah if you forgot, if you forget me then I'm hopes I have no one nowhere that I can turn to no one can encourage me to come to the Masjid no one can encourage me to read Qur'an. you know as much as uh, there are people in the community who do work of da'wah, uh, I mean honestly that's just they're doing it for their own benefit if it's not for Allah's remembering of the people uh, uh, of the people that need to engage in, in worship it's not going to happen so begin to think about it like this now the other thing point to take is that when Allah remembers a person, it's beautiful, he remembers them in a positive way. Meaning he wants you to do something that's positive. You know, uh, it's silly, right? But you know, if, if someone sneezes, I don't know, maybe it's just certain cultures and traditions. If you sneeze, what, is some, what do they say? You. you say bless you, alhamdulillah, fine, but what, what, you know, uh, I don't know, they'll say, somebody remembered you, right? Some, you know, maybe it's a Desi thing, right? Oh, someone must have remembered you. Okay, I mean if they remembered me, I wish something good came from it. <laughs> like, you know, maybe if they remembered me then I'd get like a $1000 in my bank account, you know. Or if they remembered me then I you know, I'd I'd come home with a new car, you know, some some sort of a- advantage. If they remembered me, I'd come to the masjid, you know, uh so, but human beings, first of all, this is it's not true. It's not hadith, so don't take it the wrong way. I'm just saying this is what people say. Oh, if you sneeze, oh, or something like that. And then it's like, all right, well, fine. But when Allah remembers a person, right, look at look at, look at the effect of it. If Allah remembers you, then you come into gatherings like these. If Allah keeps you in mind, then you come to the masjid to pray. If Allah remembers you, then you have the tawfiq to give sadaqa. If Allah remembers you you, have the, you, you, you begin to do good things, right, good things for yourself. You know, that's a big deal. You know, and and don't confuse this with dunya. Don't think that, you know, if Allah is giving me a lot of wealth or a lot of money, that that means that Allah is remembering me. That doesn't mean anything, right? That doesn't mean if Allah is, you know, not giving me wealth, I'm not getting the the, the, the job that I want, and I'm I'm not getting the results that I'm looking for in uh, in in my career. That's not a reflection of Allah's forgetfulness of you. A reflection of Allah's forgetfulness of you is when you stay away from deeds not when you are withheld, when you are, when you are being withheld from righteous deeds, not when you're being withheld from aspects of the dunya. So that's a big misconception people have. Allah must not like me because then, because that's why I'm not getting into the med school of my choice. Allah must not like me because that's why I'm not getting, that's why I haven't gotten married I'm not, and I'm now this age. No, those things are just part of the dunya. If you want to know if Allah is remembering you or not, then look at your deeds. Is that, am I coming to the masjid? Oh, alhamdulillah. Am I reciting Qur'an? Okay, alhamdulillah. Am I, uh, you know, following the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Wow, Allah must really be remembering me because to affiliate, to be able to, to for me to be able to affiliate with the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the most beloved of Allah's creation, I mean, I really must be, I really must be receiving Allah Ta'ala's blessing and remembrance. Okay. Um, next. Allah Ta'ala has also... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also said, uh, Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Allah ta'ala said, Recite what has been revealed to you of the book, meaning of the Quran <coughs> and establish the prayer. Verily, the prayer restrains from shameful and unjust deeds. al right and Allah Ta'ala's remembrance is greater. Wa dhikrullahi akbar. Right? Allah Ta'ala brings it up again. inna salata tanha utlu ma uhiya ilayka min alkitab recite what has been revealed to you from the book. Wa aqim salat an establish sala. Inna salata what's the effect of praying salah? Inna salata tanha an al-fahsha'i wa munkar it protects and restrains from shameful and unjust actions. Wa dhikrullahi akbar and Allah Ta'ala's remembrance is greater. Dhikrullahi akbar. Now Going back, now now that you've been primed, right? What is meant by, wala dhikrullahi akbar, here, right? Dhikrullah, Mudaf, the, uh, the word Allah is Mudaf ilay. again, right? What's being referred to by the dhikr or the remembrance of Allah here? We just did this in the last. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really could be one or the other, and the scholars will interpret it both ways. So, our, uh, because of the way we, we, when we say dhikr of Allah, right, because we just, we say it, dhikr Allah or dhikr of Allah, we think my remembrance of Allah. But it could also mean Allah's remembrance of me. Because all dhikr Allah means, from the from a grammatical standpoint, it, it's attaching, it's, it means literally in English, the remembrance of Allah. Is it the remembrance of Allah that I'm engaging in? Or is it the remembrance of Allah meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remembering? Okay Make sense So he says It has been said That this means uh, In prayer You remember Allah And He remembers you And His remembrance of you Is greater than your remembrance of Him Right So what is he saying This is the first opinion This is the opinion of many Sahaba uh, Including Ibn Abbas uh, Abu Darda ta'ala anhumah And others So uh, what is being said here It's being said that, that When we pray then all these things are happening right? And we are expected to remember Allah ta'ala And I'm going to talk about Salah and remembering Allah And just uh, it's coming up When we're praying we're expected to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And Allah um, ta'ala then follows it by saying وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ Allah Ta'ala's remembrance is greater Akbar is ism right? tafdeel Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala's remembrance is greater What does that mean? He, the first opinion, which is opinion of many sahaba Is that in your prayer, you remember Allah And what's happening when you remember Allah فَذْكُرُونِي adhkurkum Allah is remembering you right? If you remember Allah instantaneously or instantly Allah Ta'ala is remembering you Okay? So, wala dhikrullahi akbar. So, when you remember Allah in your prayer, now Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala is remembering you as well. Wala dhikrullahi akbar, but Allah's remembrance of you is greater than your remembrance of Allah. That's a big deal. That's a big deal that Allah Ta'ala's remembrance of you is greater than your remembrance of him. So, begin to think about it in that way. Like when you're praying salah and you're thinking like uh, you're thinking I need to actively remember Allah. I need to actively remember Allah. One of the ways you can think is SubhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is remembering me better than I'm going to be able to remember him. Um, uh, Ibn Abi Dunya related the same thing essentially. Uh, f- uh, his remembrance of you is greater than your remembrance of him. Then there's another opinion. And the second opinion is um, that it meant that the remembrance of Allah ta'ala is greater than everything. So when Salman was asked, what is the best practice? He answered, do you not read the Quran? "Wala So the second interpretation of this also is that... Um, uh, sorry, I don't want to create confusion. Before when I said, "Wala akbar" and I said that it could be one or the other... The, uh, okay. "Wala Allah's remembrance is greater. The first interpretation I just said is what? Is that when you pray, you're remembering Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is remembering you but recognize that Allah's remember, consequent remembrance of you is better than your remembrance of him. His ability to remember you is better. The um, impact of his remembrance on you is better than your remembrance of Allah. <laughs> Keep that in mind. You know, you might think that when you're remembering Allah, is it benefiting Allah in any way? Absolutely not. Us sitting here right now is having zero effect on Allah. Zero effect on Allah He's not being elevated He's not being dropped His status is Allah's status He is supreme He will always be supreme If we exist, he's supreme And if we don't exist, he's supreme Right? He is magnificent Whether we remember him or not It's not going to change the status Of who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so keep that in mind. So that's why when we when we're praying and we're remembering Allah, and then dhikrullah, but Allah's remembrance is greater, is because when Allah remembers us, it actually does something to us. It elevates us and uh, fulfills us in a way that nothing else can fulfill us. There's benefit after benefit after benefit. In fact, this whole section is on the benefits of remembrance. Right? This is this is the whole thing that we're covering. Who's benefiting? Us. Is Allah benefiting from this remembrance? Absolutely not. So so in the same way, in Salah, when we're remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah's remembrance is greater, it's far greater, because our remembrance is not doing anything to Allah. His remembrance, it's changing all of humanity. You know, there's this very, uh, there's this uh, short, like, poem, um, and it, it, I, I had heard it in Urdu once, and it was just really beautiful. Um, and I'm not going to say it in Urdu, because I'm not going to torture you guys, because um, I, don't, I don't know it well. Um, and, but the rough translation is this, uh, that in order for me to revive my future or my fortune, um, the remembrance of Allah is sufficient. In order for me to re- revive my future and my good fortune, the, the, just the remembrance of Allah is sufficient. And in order for me to expel and repel away um, a thousand bad things that happened to me in my life, uh, just the a moment of Allah 's remembrance is sufficient like that 's very deep, right One moment where you deeply remember Allah is enough to ignite your future for you, and one moment briefly where you remember Allah like deeply it 's enough to wipe away a thousand of your miseries from the past. It sounds much better in a different language, but that 's the rough translation so uh, remember that Allah doesn't benefit so what akbar that Allah's remembrance of you is greater it's because it's actually having an, uh, it's actually having a perceivable benefit upon all of us then the other thing the other possible explanation is the is the second opinion which is that akbar that in general the dhikr of Allah meaning our remembrance of Allah is greater than any other any other deed and so this is what Salman anhu was saying when he was asked, what is the best practice? So he, uh, anhu, he answered, do you not read the Quran? And Allah's remembrance is greater. Meaning the dhikr of Allah is the best form of ibadah that you can engage in. Now, obviously the dhikr of Allah can be broadly, you know, recitation of the Quran encompasses that and other things, but certainly hes we're talking about dhikr of Allah, meaning remembering Allah actively during any of your worship. Okay. Um, Mm-hmm. Let's see Then there's a third opinion uh, So Ibn Taymiyyah So Ibn Taymiyyah says The Shaykh al-Islam uh, Ibn Taymiyyah His teacher said The correct understanding of this verse Is that the prayer has two major purposes One greater than the other Prayer restrains from shameful and unjust deeds إِنَّ صَلَاتَ تَنْهَى عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ It keeps like uh, foolishness And, uh, and uh, uh, I don't know what's the best way to translate um, the Evil and um, uh, unjust practices, these things. It keeps them away. وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ akbar? And the other purpose, uh, uh, and one is greater than the other. Prayer restrains from these things and it also contains the remembrance of Allah Most High. So Ibn Taymiyyah says, the remembrance of Allah contained in Salah is something greater than the restraint from shameful deeds and injustice. Meaning that the... There's two things that occur in Salah, and, and what Ibn and is saying is that one is that it repels tanha anil Fahshahi wa Munkar, the other thing is that it allows you to remember Allah, and the remembrance of Allah that occurs in Salah is better than the first thing, right? In the Salah, wa Munkar. Ibn Abi Dunya said that when Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, radiallahu ta'ala was asked which deed was most excellent, he, Ibn Abbas, right, the scholar of the Quran, who we get, you know, the a significant portion of our understanding of Qur'an from it's from Ibn Abbas, عنه, right? Son of son of uh, Abbas, the uncle of the Prophet. So Ibn Abbas the cousin of the Prophet who is one of the one of the two you could say Mufassirin of the Quran from the Sahaba, the two major ones, he was asked which deed was most excellent, and he, عنه, said, and Allah's remembrance is greater. Allah's remembrance is greater. Allah Ta'ala himself says this in the Quran. Okay. So then this brings, uh, ties into another point, which is, um, just as a segue, uh, what is, uh, how, you know, many times people ask, well, uh, how do I remember Allah Ta'ala in my prayer properly? Right? That's like a very common question. Probably one of the most common questions asked. Like, how do I establish khushur in my salah? How can I remember Allah the way He deserved to be remembered in my prayer? Um, so I thought we would just briefly cover that. So there's a how, when, where, how, when, where, and who. Okay, so just follow this theme of how uh, really a person can um, establish khushu in depth in their prayer. Because look, let's, let's face it. Uh, for most people, uh, prayer is a burden. It's not a pleasure. For most people, prayer is a burden. It's not a pleasure. For the Sahaba, prayer was a pleasure. It was never a burden. They looked forward to prayer. In the same way that we look forward to iftara in the evening, in the same way we look forward to uh, the NBA playoffs. The Sahaba looked forward to the next time they could pr- they could pray. That was a pleasure for them. Uh, in fact, they enjoyed it so much that it used to be used. It was used as an anesthesia, you know, for the people of the past. They used to be so deep in their prayer that they used to do like you know procedures, surgical procedures, while they were in prayer because their depth was that was was uh, was to that degree, and so they remembered Allah Ta'ala that deeply. So. You know, reality is that most for most believers, salah is a burden. Unfortunately, it's not a pleasure. Really, it should be a pleasure. Um, it's an opportunity to reset. It's an opportunity to uh, uh, to refresh ourselves. It's an opportunity to be mindful. I think I've said this before, but really, what salah is, it's five or ten minutes of being mindful. And you all know based off of research that's been done over the last 10 or 20 years, the effect of just a few minutes of mindfulness every single day, effect that it has on the psyche of a human being and the emotions that are at play. If you were to tell uh, you know, a, a psychologist that I spend 10 minutes every th- four to six hours engaging in mindfulness, and I do it five times every single day, they would say, wow, that's a big deal. Like that, you know, if I could only get all my clients to do the same, we would alleviate so much suffering in the world. For the believers, Allah has created this for us as an opportunity, right, to be mindful. Now we're being mindful of Allah, but still it's being mindful for a period of time, and that has a tremendous benefit on the heart, and it has a tremendous benefit on the mind, and you and you can't uh, we can't negate that. Uh, but the reason that we don't get the benefit, even the psychological benefits that come from Salah, is because we're because we don't remember Allah in our prayer. There's no khushur in our prayer. Okay, so the how, when, where, and the who. The first question is. Uh, if if, if I'm lacking in my khushur and salah, the first question is, how? Meaning, how am I performing it? Number one, what's what's the state of my wudu? If I don't have a proper wudu, then my salah is, technically it's invalid. So you can't expect to get any spiritual benefit from your salah if from a legal standpoint it's invalid. So if we don't know how to make wudu properly, then we have to learn how to make wudu properly and we don't shortcut our wudu like we shortcut other things you know there are particular limbs that need to be washed thoroughly in order for the wudu to be valid right so if our wudu is not valid there's no way we could achieve khushu in salah and i would say for for most people just you know just seeing people make wudu in the restrooms and just honestly like you really wonder of, of the people, let's say 100 people are praying to Allah, you really wonder how many people actually have a valid wudu. Like majority probably do not. And that's a problem because you're not, not going to get anything out of your prayer if your wudu is not there. It's legally not valid, your prayer. How are you going to get a spiritual benefit? The deen is based on shuddery principles and only when you establish those shuddery principles are you going to get a spiritual benefit attached to it as well. If you're negating the legal aspects, you're not going to get a spiritual benefit. So the wudu, for most people, that's the first step. Is my wudu proper? Are my elbows actually being covered all the way? Are my ankles, both sides of my ankles covered in water when I'm making wudu? If they're not covered and I'm just taking it lightly, I just kind of throw my foot in the sink and see what happens and then pull it out, you know, then, then your legal salah is invalid. There's no spiritual benefit. So the first thing is, what's your wudu like? The second thing is, what's my salah like? The Prophet ﷺ prayed a certain way. Right, And the Madahib have explained exactly what those ways are. A few acceptable ways. You have to pray according to one of those acceptable ways of praying Salah. It's not what I feel feels good to me. Some people think, man, it feels great when my hands are in this way rather than this way. That's not what determines you know, if you're going to benefit spiritually, it's, I need to pray the way the Prophet prayed, that's where I'm going to get spiritual benefit from. If the Prophet put his feet this way, this is where how I need to put my feet. If this if this is how the if the Prophet did these with his hands, and that's exactly what I'm going to do with my hands. Obviously, there's different interpretations of this, and the Madahib have elucidated this, but you have to stick to some accepted way of performing Salah, not according to what I feel is best for me. You know, some people drag their hands all the way at the bottom. So if you have your Salah, the fiqh of your wudu is proper and your salah is proper those are the first steps for establishing khushu in salah and that eliminates 95% of us right there right like the rest of the discussion is for the 5% that have already perfected their wudu and their salah okay um, clothing right during prayer um, now uh, when a person prays if you want to achieve the most depth in your prayer then you should dress the way the Prophet ﷺ dressed at least during the times of prayer Okay, so, you know, the the Prophet had a certain way of dressing Right, he would cover his head, he would wear loose-fitting clothing that went below his knees as much as possible. We don't have to do this all the time, right? But during Salah, if you if your goal is to achieve khushu in Salah, then you should pray the Salah uh, uh, look resembling the Prophet You will notice a big difference even when you're at home, especially I shouldn't say even when you're, especially when you're at home. Obviously, when you're at work and you're at school, you're not going to do that. But when you're at home or you're in the masjid, you should be very particular about this. That if I want depth in my salah, then I should do my best to adorn myself outwardly in the sunnah, at least at the time of salah. It doesn't have to be other times, but at least at the time of salah. So that's the how, okay? How am I performing it? My wudu, my salah, and what do I look like when I pray, okay? The second thing is the when and the where. Uh, the when in the sense of, the earlier you pray salah, the more likely you're going to be able to have khushu in your salah. If you delay your salah to an hour or two hours into the salah, or worst case scenario, five minutes before the salah, you can forget about khushu. Again, salah is just a burden. It's something you're just trying to check off so that you don't get punished in the day judgment. Look, we're looking for more than that from our salah, right? So, um, the, one, one of the best ways to achieve khushu is to pray the salah as soon as the time comes in. Um, the when and the where, obviously praying in the masjid is, is obviously better in terms of establishing khushur But if you don't have access to a masjid, or you're not praying in the masjid The area that you're praying in really matters You know, you guys know this If you, some of you, I think somebody was mentioning just, I was talking to somebody the other day They are talking about how whenever they're at work, every time they're at work, they just they have to pray in a stairwell you're not going to have khushu in your salah if you're praying in a stairwell cuz you're constant you're constantly worried who's walking in on me you know who's if somebody comes in what's my plan of action am i like you know am i going to what am i going to do if i'm bending over like pretend like i'm looking for something do i, <laughs> do I you know tell do I grab my my back and say i pulled it and i'm you know if my shoes are off am i going to say you know i thought something fell into my shoe but then it's both shoes so then it, you know but that's constantly on your mind even when you're praying right now, but so the so the reason i'm saying that isn't because you shouldn't pray in your stairwell at work or like Yeah, if that's the only option, make sure you limit that to like your one Salah in the day. But the other four Salahs or three Salahs, when you're in control, then you should pray in a space that's very comfortable. So many a times we just, you know, in our house, we just pray wherever we want to pray. Like we'll just pray in like the family room, the TV's in the same room as it. And like, you know, there's people running around, there's a lot of noise. It should be a quiet space and it should be a space that's kind of open. Right? Because with that openness, uh, you will feel a degree of depth in your prayer as well. So this is why some of the ulama mentioned that you should have a musalla in your house. But at the bare minimum, like, you should create a space for you. Let's say you have a room and you pray in your bedroom. You should like, actually have an area, if you can, with a prayer rug just there and it's just sitting there. So that whenever it's time to pray, you'll go and you'll pray on that prayer rug. It's already there. That space is only for prayer and not for anything else. You will notice a perceivable change in the depth in your prayer just by this simple step. Um, okay uh, so the how we covered the when and the where we covered and then uh, there's the who and this is this is probably this is uh, after we cover that first 95% of salah and uh, sorry the fiqh of salah and wudu this is where most people struggle right you have to remember that khushu in salah it's it's not an effort that occurs in salah it's an effect of what occurs outside of salah the khushu in salah it's not an effort that occurs necessarily while you're in salah It's the effect of who you are as a person outside of Salah. What do I mean by that? Like, it's not that, okay, I want to now have Khushu in depth in my prayers. I'm just going to 100% focus this Salah. We've obviously tried that and we've obviously failed, right? I mean, second or third raka'ah in where our mind is elsewhere. Um, It's because the heart needs to be prepared before the Salah in order to really benefit from the Salah. Because whatever is in your heart... That's what's going to come out in your prayer. If you filled your heart over the course of the last several hours or over the course of the last several years with junk and filth, then when you're praying, junk and filth are going to come out in your prayer as well. But if you've spent your time outside of Salah engaging in Allah's remembrance so that your heart is now purified and so that your heart is now softened, then when you pray, your prayer is deeper. So one of the main reasons, okay, we talked about the reasons why we engage in the dhikr of Allah. One reason inherently is because it earns Allah's qurb, reward, pleasure, etc. But the second reason to engage in the dhikr of Allah is so that your salah becomes deeper. Look, when, we're talk, when we talk about sitting in muraqabah, the goal is not muraqabah. When you're engaging in muraqabah, what you're doing is you're purifying your heart and you're softening your heart and you're uh, increasing your heart's attachment to Allah so that when you pray, your prayer is deep, deep like the sahaba deep deep like you know like the prophet said deep that's the purpose of the dhikr that we're doing outside of salah primarily the dhikr of the heart so um, so so the more we engage in outside of salah the more we're going to see an effect in salah so uh, begin to think about it this way as well it's not just what i'm doing in salah it's who am i as a human being outside of my prayer because who am i outside of prayer is going to determine what i'm going to get from my prayer makes sense okay uh, we'll cover. Uh, let me just see if there's anything here. Um, so just to summarize this thing about salah, and then we'll cover one more point, um, is that salah should be a pleasure for us, not a burden, and uh, this should be this is expected from us. So uh, begin to make steps to make your salah pleasurable, not uh, to, to make it a pleasure, not a burden, um, because things that are a burden, uh, they don't they usually don't stick around, right? Like. <laughs> You may be able to pray Salah because you have to pray Salah for a few years, but over time you're just going to give up on your prayer. But if you enjoy your Salah, you're gonna, you're never going to give up on it. In fact, you're going to miss it when uh, you're going to miss it. Meaning emotionally, you're going to miss your prayer uh, if it ever goes away from you. You know, like. The, the break that a person gets from life in their Salah Once you really are deep in your Salah You miss that break You prayed Dhuhr and you're waiting for officer to come Because your mind is just a million places And you're stressed out because people are saying this And you're at work And Salah is that, it's that outlet that, that we all need Okay, one more point and then we'll stop, inshallah uh, The most excellent of those who perform any practice Are po- people who do it with the greatest remembrance of Allah the most excellent of those who fast are people who remember Allah most in their fasting. The most excellent of those who give sadaqah are people who remember Allah ta'ala most in their giving. The most excellent of those who make the pilgrimage are people who remember Allah most in their pilgrimage. And the same holds true for all other practices. Um, Ibn Abi Dunya mentioned a hadith reliably transmitted. That when the Prophet ﷺ was asked which of the people who frequented the masjid were best, he ﷺ answered, "Those who remember Allah Taala the most." Because when a person's frequenting the masjid there are people that come to the masjid, There are people who are engrossed in Allah's remembrance, and there are people who are coming heedless of Allah. And the Prophet ﷺ is saying, "The one who comes to remember Allah Taala is the one who's best," because that person's actually taking that person's actually taking maximal benefit from the opportunity at hand. And the other person, if they're if they're in a state of ghafla, then what what are they getting? When asked which of the people who attended a funeral were best, he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam answered, those who remember Allah the most. When asked which warriors were best, he answered, those who remember Allah the most. When asked which pilgrims were best, he answered, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, those who remembered Allah the most. And when asked which of those who visited the sick were best, he وسلم, said, those who remember Allah the most. At which Abu Bakr عنه, said, Those who remember Allah th- sorry, those who remember have taken all the good. <laughs> right, I mean the people that are coming to the masjid, remembering Allah, and we're all coming. You know, a state of ghafla We're listening to the radio on the way in, and we're we're texting people as we're walking into the masjid. And then you have people who, from the moment they leave their house, they've already made wudu. They're, you know, they're thinking about Allah. They come into the masjid, and they come and they pray the al masjid. The phones left in at home or in their car. You know, these are people who are getting all the all the benefit, and the rest of us we're just sitting behind, <laughs> missing out on all of this. This applies to everything, right? Any act of worship, it's there is you can. Either just do it, empty with an empty heart, or you can do it with a heart full of Allah's remembrance. And the Prophet is saying, "Is a person that does all these acts of worship with a heart full of Allah's remembrance that's the person who's taking good? That's the person who's getting khayr from the actual experience. Be it a funeral, be it be it anything, right? I mean, you could attach this to even if you if you not just acts of worship. Let's say that you're involved uh, in some work of uh, activism or work of da'wah, right?" There are people who are gonna do this with Allah Ta'ala's remembrance constantly uh, underpinning it and there are people who are doing it heedless of Allah. They're doing it for the sake of the community or feeling good about themselves or because someone encouraged them to do it or because they are looking for some, something else. The people who remember Allah while well, they're invo- involved in these activities are the ones who are actually gonna benefit themselves and benefit the community. And the people who are doing it heedless of Allah, they're not taking anything back. And so these are people who attend the janazah, people who visit the sick, people who anything that you do for the sake of deen, whatever it might be, if you're doing it with Allah's remembrance uh, in heart, then then you're the one who's taking benefit. This applies not just to worship uh, works of deen. You can apply this even, for instance, to your studies or if you're working then to your work. There are people who are actively working with Allah Ta'ala conscious in their mind over the course of the day. Those are people who are actually taking something back from their work besides a paycheck. There are people who are studying, who are actively in their heart remembering Allah and doing it for the sake of Allah. Those are people who are actually taking something from their studies besides just knowledge of this world they're getting back a lot more from that experience so that now the 8 or 10 hours that they're devoting their time to at work or at school that's not dunya, that's actually deen for them because their heart is filled with Allah's remembrance while they're involved in these activities when they're driving their car to get groceries, it's not dunya if your heart is involved in Allah's remembrance when you're doing this then the entire time you're walking down the aisles at Kroger as long as you're not in like the alcohol lanes you're, that, that's, that's time where you are taking benefit the time where you're spending with your kids while they're screaming their heads off, and one is running here, and one is running there, and you're trying to, you know, make sense of that time. If your heart isn't Allah's remembrance when you're doing that, that's not dunya. That's not waste of time. That's time that's um, that's for the sake of Allah, and that's time that you're receiving, that you're reaping uh, benefit from. You know, many a times people become frustrated when they have responsibilities toward their parents or toward their kids. That man, I just I want to focus on the masjid. Then I don't focus on my Quran. I want to focus on my Deen. I don't have time for all this. What are you talking about? You're probably going to get more benefit from attending to those responsibilities than if you were to neglect those and do them, uh, do some form of worship. The problem isn't uh, the deed itself, the problem is the person who's doing the deed and the heart that's actually performing that deed. If the heart that's performing the, the action of taking care of parents, taking care of children, taking care of families, taking care of the community, if that heart is vacant and in remembrance of Allah and that heart's filled with Allah's remembrance, it's better than a heart that's devoid of Allah's remembrance and is involved in some act of worship, some, some uh, overt act of worship. So um, again, the most excellent of those who perform any practice are people who do it with the greatest remembrance of Allah. Um, the most excellent of those who fast, we remember so all of these acts of worship. So keep this in mind. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to benefit from the uh, teachings of our, of our ulama and our mashaykh May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make uh, remembrance a part of uh, our daily practice and our deeds. And may Allah ta'ala remember us abundantly for the for the remainder of this week. And wa And the al will be called. Um, and then...